You're listening to the Enneagram Health Series, and today we're talking about Enneagram Type 6. Now, I'll be honest, this one makes me a little bit nervous, but I have done lots of research and talked to many people, and I believe I have put together the best health tips for your type, Enneagram 6s. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to the show. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place where I believe you were made for living well. Now, the deal is, health is scary, and it's confusing, and it's overwhelming, and all the things an Enneagram Type 6 tries to avoid. But I want you to know, it's really not as complex as we make it, and you have everything you need to live that out. Plus, all the things that you tend to not like about your type can actually be really beneficial in helping you get healthy if they're channeled in the right direction. And today we're gonna talk all about that as we dive into Enneagram Type 6. Now I must say, I did record the interview before I recorded the show because I did wanna get a little extra information and knowledge to make sure that I was putting out the best health tips for your type. Plus, I put together a free 10 plus page guide specifically for Enneagram Type 6 over at The Living Well. And I think you're going to get a lot of value here as you start to shift the narrative about what health means and looks like for you. So again, you're going to want to grab that at thelivingwell.com. While you're there, there's all kinds of other goodies, including a guide for every other Enneagram type that you could click on, download, and learn more about. I mean, honestly, one of the reasons I love the Enneagram is that it helps me understand how other people work. Instead of just rubbing against each other and kind of creating this all-out fight or war, we can start to work together in harmony, knowing that we're each wired a little bit differently. There's not one perfect box that we all fit into, but yet we can all live together in harmony and we can create health in the process of that. So you're going to want to check out all those guides. But if you don't know what your Enneagram type is, make sure you head to the Enneagram Institute and take the free quiz to learn more. Now, before we get to today's show, I do want to remind you of the sponsor, which we are actually sponsoring another company, which is so fun. It's Compassion International. Now, Compassion does work all over the world to help children who need clothing, education, and food to have those resources to really grow and to develop into the human that they were created to be. We, my personal family, and I have sponsored a child for the last three or four years, and it has been the best experience for my kids, for our family, as we get to write notes to him. He writes notes back. We send him birthday gifts. We get to see pictures. It's really a great way to give back to other people. And honestly, I think giving is one of the best kept secrets in the health space. It's what we were made for, to give back to other people and to use our bodies to do that. So if you want to learn more about compassion, head on over to thelivingwell.com backslash compassion and check it out for yourself. There are multiple options to help sponsor children, whether it's a one-time gift or monthly. We chose the monthly just so we can stay engaged as we watch him grow and develop into a young man with so much potential. Again, you can learn more at thelivingwell.com backslash compassion. But for now, I want to get right into Enneagram Type 6 because this is a really fascinating podcast episode, at least for me, and understanding one of the types that I really did know the least about. But some of my best friends actually encompass this type. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast and learn so much right along with me. Here's Enneagram Type 6. 
So Enneagram type six are often known as the loyalist. And I like that name for a six because Enneagram sixes are one of the most loyal types on the Enneagram. They're deeply rooted, they're extremely wise, and very aware of life. I know anytime I talk to an Enneagram type six, there's a lot of things you don't like about it, which we're gonna get into. But the reality is, you guys are pretty remarkable people. Like, I just love the deepness, the loyalty, like the sureness that you bring to society, and we really, really do need you. Some of my most favorite people are Enneagram type sixes. And again, it's just that loyalty, that sense of security of really knowing that those people are going to be there. So Enneagram type six, like the fives, are in the head triad, meaning that they base their information coming in from the world through their head before their emotions. So they're driven based on their thought patterns outside of their emotion. And through that, they make very thought through and cautious decisions. They're fiercely and undyingly loyal to people who have earned their trust. They know what people's expectations are of them. They're very committed and dedicated to the jobs that they've been assigned to. And they're great at troubleshooting and coming up with solutions. Like there are so many great qualities of an Enneagram type six that can be used for so much purpose including the self-awareness or this intuitive piece, which we're going to talk about later, because while six is highly aware, they don't always trust that intuition or that that self-awareness and often seek outside influences to make their final decisions. But I think the greatest change that Enneagram type six could make is actually trusting their inner guidance to help them make decisions based on them and being assertive in that, like being certain of that without the need to find all of the research and all of the knowledge from the outside sources, like learning to do what's good for you is going to be a critical aspect of Enneagram type six. Now, Enneagram type six, on the flip side, of course, like every Enneagram type, there are some downfalls or some weaknesses, which also tend to be in health our greatest strengths. So I don't want you to look at these things that I'm about to say and be like, oh, yep, I struggle with that. There's another label or there's another excuse. But I really want you to look at this and think, okay, I get it. Like, I'm not alone here. There are other people just like me who struggle with this. And there is a path to healing from this. And in fact, some of those things that you struggle with can be a huge asset to humanity, to what your purpose is here, and to you as a whole. So clearly, with that being said, the biggest fear of an Enneagram type six is that of losing their personal support and stability. They tend to live more in fear and usually therefore crave predictability and safe environments. And in general, sixes tend to have an expect the worst, hope for the best kind of mindset. They're very worst case scenario kind of people and they've thought through all of that process. So technically, while Enneagram type sixes tend to be in their head, they often struggle with anxiety, which is a little bit different than just worry in general because anxiety doesn't always have a cause to it. Like there's not always something certain about anxiety. And it's always a proposed or hypothetical problem that's been created. Now, anxiety obviously is not something that is necessarily healthy, especially when that anxiety gets out of control. And this is the biggest concern for Enneagram type sixes is that they tend to be a little bit more fear-based, which means they tend to be more stress-based. Like they're working out of stress rather than working from a place more of love and openness. And so the body's going to react in different ways. 
And once an Enneagram type six starts to kind of get into this anxiety spiral, what happens is their entire view and perspective of life starts to shut down and close in around them. And so while we or someone that's not an Enneagram type six or a person struggling with that specific Enneagram might see that that clearly isn't reasonable, to a six, it is absolutely a real thing. And it's not something that we should be taken lightly or even dismissed. And so what Enneagram type six is, they need to find security in their environment and other people and to be vulnerable to open themselves back up. Now, we're going to talk about this later, but I just want to stick with this idea of anxiety. So if we allow ourselves to spiral out of control into this anxiety spiral, then we really do close off, making health really hard to come by, your purpose, your relationships. I mean, everything really just tends to um, just become a struggle because of that lack of security and starting to question everything around you and really view the worst case scenario. But I want to challenge this idea of anxiety because I don't always think anxiety in itself is bad. Like I think that there is some good and necessary skills and gifts that can come along with people who tend to be more anxious by nature. That would be the Enneagram type sixes. But can I just say before we go there, over half the population is estimated to be an Enneagram type six, which you might think, okay, what's so great about that? But Enneagram type sixes tend to be more anxious by nature. They tend to be more aware of their environment and the circumstances and really work to find that security inside of life. Now, what's interesting about this, or maybe just interesting to me being a science nerd, is that in every species that's ever been studied, about half the population or a solid percentage of every species tend to carry more anxiety traits. And what they are learning about this is that anxiety in itself is not a bad thing. In fact, it's what's protecting human nature and all species from things like extinction. That in these species and in the human race, sixes tend to perceive threats more than other people. You start to see problems that other people won't even recognize until the problem is here and the consequence has been had. But you can see things before they exist and therefore have already started to solve world problems before the other half of the population has even noticed or become aware that there is a problem or a considered problem. So when they were doing the research on these animals, what they found was that the anxious or the more anxious of the species, say monkeys, for instance, tended to live on the perimeter or hang out in the trees on the perimeter of their territory. And they would alert the rest of the population that there was danger in sight and therefore they could start to protect themselves. This is how species protect. Like inside an elephant herd, there tends to be one or two of those elephants that tend to have more quote unquote anxiety traits, which basically in in outside of the human race has just related to they're more aware and they're more perceptive of the environment to help everyone else. Just goes to show that we all kind of have a job. So anxiety in itself is not bad. And I think sometimes we have really just coined this term anxiety as just across the board, a horrible thing. And I just question how much anxiety is had from just fearing that you're going to be anxious or that you are anxious, right? There's anxiety about the anxiety. And I think that's actually the bad anxiety, not just the anxiety based on what might be happening in life or the perceptions of what's going on in your world, but it's bad anxiety or or where it turns wrong is where you start to get anxious about the anxiousness or about the anxiety itself 
And that's when the spiral starts to get out of control. So for sixes, you tend to live in really safe environments. Again, you you tend to worry and be pretty indecisive about your decisions just because you want to be absolutely certain of those. And therefore, you often look to outside sources to give you answers. However, like I said on the flip side, you tend to be also some of the most rooted, deeply rooted people that we have. And once you believe in something, you will do it. It's forming the beliefs and gathering the information to make sure that you are doing something that has been studied, that has been reviewed, that other people do. So you're really not outside the status quo, don't tend to be as big of risk takers as other people. However, I think that because of your problem solving ability, that if you do take risks, you are more likely to succeed at that risk because you have the right mind structure to make it work. Anyways, a long story short to say that while you have these negative sides of you, they really can be used as great assets to us. And I think in health, as we walk along this line, the whole goal is to walk yourself out of the anxious spiral and use your perceptions of the world and your problem-solving abilities and this deep rootedness to really grow in health, to believe that health is not something you do, but who you are. And man, Enneagram Type 6s, you can do this. Like once you grasp that and you root it down in your life, you will stand on it and not waver. That's who you are. And that's what I love so much about sixes is their loyalty. So if we go and we start to look at some of these lifestyle traits, like your eating characteristics, your exercise characteristics, your overall lifestyle, what we know about Enneagram sixes is, is that we want to keep momentum going. The worst thing is when you stop actively engaging in your life and you start to let your mind wander, and that's when really anxiety and worry and even panic can set in. So you want to kind of keep with the momentum of life and be actively engaged in your living. And we're going to talk about what that looks like later on in some specific ideas that you could do. But really, what we want to start to do is shift your focus from less on what could go wrong and more on what could go right. Now, like everything, that sounds too good to be true, right? Like easier said than done. I absolutely understand that. But I think it is that daily reminder of that we can train our brain in a negative way or we could train our brain in a positive way. And what we know about Enneagram type sixes is that you tend to just be a little bit more wired on the survival side of things, which means you also tend to be a little bit more wired to negativity, meaning negativity is going to stick easier than positivity. So you're going to have to work a little bit harder at just being aware of that, using your intuition to constantly remind yourself that maybe this isn't as bad as I think it is, and that there is always something positive amongst the bad. So it's, again, just a constant awareness of changing those negative thoughts to positive. Again, it sounds a little too simple to be good, but it really does help work to retrain the brain and therefore retrain your body to open up. But if we take this down to another level and we just look at eating style, I think for sixes, eating can be a really stressful thing because eating comes with a lot of decisions. And that's not something that we've talked about specifically yet, but sixes tend to struggle with decision fatigue. Overwhelming numbers of decisions can really wear an Enneagram six out and become an anxious thing that they have a hard time making decisions. We kind of said that a weakness is this indecisiveness So therefore, the less decisions you have to make, the more likely you are to actually make decisions without having to go outside to have those be made for you. 
And I think that's maybe why eating can be such a hassle or such a stress in your life is just simply because there's so much confusing knowledge on what you should be doing that it's hard to make one decision on what it is. And because you research, you can find research on any topic. Like there's solid research on veganism and there's solid research on keto. Like there's the extremes. Science backs everything. It always has and it always will. And this is where the intuition comes in or listening to yourself and trusting yourself. So in order to make this less stressful or being confused by all the messages in the food world, I wonder what it would be like for you to listen to the signs of your own body. Like your body is smart. It's so much smarter than we give it credit for. And it's been doing things for you your entire life without you even having to think about it, right? Like you're breathing, um, your blood is circulating, your lymphatic flow is circulating, your heart is beating, your mind is working, hormones are flowing. I mean, think about all of the amazing reactions that are happening inside your body every single second of every day. Things that you never have to think about. And I think that's the place we want to go to for everyone, but especially Enneagram type sixes, to know that if we listen to the body, it will do its job better than we ever could imagine. Like I think one of the greatest lies of the food industry or of the diet world is simply stating that your body does not know enough, therefore we have to do it for it. (laughs) This is where we create this food fight, us versus our body. (laughs) And trust me, The reality is our body will win every single time. And again, it goes back to our survival mechanisms. So I wonder, what would it be like for you to stop listening so much to the ways of the world and you just started looking internally at what your own body is telling you? It's smart. It's keeping you safe and it's taking you places. So instead of being so focused on what you should and shouldn't be doing, What if you just started checking in with yourself? Like, what if you woke up in the morning and asked, how do you feel? And what's the best way that I can nourish and feed my body well? Then after you eat, ask yourself, like, did that settle well with me? And start to put the pieces together. Be your own detective. Instead of looking for outside sources to tell you what you should be doing, look from within. I think your body is willing and open enough to tell you what is happening and what foods you're liking and what you're not. Like it really comes back to listening to your body and recognizing those things, but also noting, hey, your body is resilient and one night of fries and burgers and milkshakes is not going to make and break you. But all of this to say is that your intuition or your self-awareness sixes is strong and I want you to start to learn to trust it. In little ways. Maybe you first start by recognizing, am I even hungry or am I not? Because you're so rooted in patterns, which is so great, rhythms and, and routines. And we're going to really utilize that when we get into the require or some of the um, health rhythms that I want to give you. But outside of that, I think you also need to recognize, is my body even hungry or am I just doing this based on a routine? So it's just a simple question before you sit down to eat, ask, am I hungry? And if you're not hungry, listen to that. Wait to eat. Even if it's just 10 minutes later, you get hungry. Start to listen to your body. And in that listening, you actually do start to build trust. And these body signals will start to get louder and louder and louder. So you'll be able to recognize them more fully and completely and understand that you can work together. So listen to your intuition. When it comes to exercise, 
again, based on the head triad or just this thinker philosophy, I think that exercise can just become another goal for weight loss or fitness. And I'm not saying that it can't be that, but I think that sometimes when we do that and we're living out of an unhealthy place, I think what happens is, is that those feelings of doing something for weight loss or fitness become associated with guilt and shame when you don't do them or you have a bad day or you fall off the wagon or the workout didn't go as planned or the eating plan didn't go as you hoped it would, right? Often guilt and shame follow that mindset. But I'm wondering, in as a part of the head triad, like you're great at troubleshooting and wondering, like what if you pursued exercise as a place to find connection, to meet people and to be with people or to find quietness and stillness? Just like the Enneagram 5, I think you need to approach exercise not as a means for weight loss or fitness, but a means of calming or stilling your mind, of like kind of getting outside of your head, letting your thoughts rest for a moment, and doing something that really does bring you joy and give you more energy. This is what exercise is supposed to look like, and I think through that, you will get healthy. Like, I don't think so much of the change that we're trying to make in health is based on your actions, but your mindset or your heart or your why behind the things that you do. This is what change is. And that, that's a hard concept because we like rules and Enneagram sixes like someone to be decisive for them. And I might give you some pretty decisive points that you could be adding to your life. But the moral of the story is, is that sometimes you need to escape your thoughts in order to hear your thoughts, your own thoughts and learn to trust those. And I think you can use exercise as a means to that. Really what I want Enneagram type six is to start with, like this would be your overall thing, is to start being gentle with yourself and listening to your needs, listening to what you know and your knowledge. Like you're wise, like you're really wise and you have so much to offer. And we can't let that stop. And we can't let the fear of security or of not fully knowing stop you from providing what you do know to help the world. So I want you to slow down and I want you to be gentle with yourself and spend some time processing through the stress that has pressured you into whatever behavior you're living in. Because Enneagram type six is in unhealth, it's not coming necessarily from an emotional place, but it's really coming from excess stresses in life. You got here or wherever you are and you're working to get to a better place. All of us are, right? But for an Enneagram type six, that is mostly stress related. So the big point with Enneagram type sixes is what is stressing you out? And how are you coping with that? And what things could you do to make your coping mechanisms or that stress lessen and become a healthier form for your life? Because it's not about just getting rid of stress. That's an impossible feat for any human. But it's learning ways to manage that stress so that stress doesn't have the hold on your life that it once did. So ask yourself, where is the stress coming from? And what can I do to get out from underneath of it? This is one of the many journaling prompts that I gave you in the Enneagram 6 handout. So make sure you head on over there and do that. So if you want to take some of this knowledge, basically the big idea with Enneagram type 6s is you have to get out of your head. But more importantly, you have to start learning to listen to yourself to get your worry out of your head and start to trust the process of who you are and what you know and be assertive in that. Also, it's important that you take the space and the time 
for yourself, to hear yourself, and to nourish yourself like anyone would. So before we get into some of the rhythms, I just want to make sure that you know what is a healthy Enneagram 6 look like really as you're going to learn in the interview, not to spoil it here, but it was so good what Heidi said. Like I said, this is the first episode I recorded the interview before my solo show. Um, But in that interview, my guest had stated that she thinks health is not being defined by a number. Like you're so healthy that no number could define you. And I think that is so good. Like we are so healthy. We are outside of the stresses and the sins that we carry and that we're just in this place of openness and peace. And that's really where we want to get ourselves to. And so what does that look like for an Enneagram type six? I think on a journey of health, it looks like becoming more confident in yourself and more open to life and the circumstances that come your way. I also think it looks like being more empathetic and receptive to others and their views and learning to be more fully present and relaxed in the moment. You are very present people, but you're not always present and relaxed. And that's what we want to get to. Coming to this place of, okay, this is life. There's only a very small percentage of things that I can control. And really that boils down to how I'm perceiving and how I'm reacting to what life is handing me. And so instead of so focusing so much on trying to control your life and your environment, I think you just need to come back to recognizing how can I work on my emotions and make myself healthy enough that I can just control my thought patterns and how I'm perceiving and reacting to the world around me and do that in health. That is your focus. So how do we do this, right? Like what are some big points that an Enneagram type six can use to do this? Well, one Because Enneagram type sixes are so deeply rooted people, it's important to establish health in a deeply rooted manner. And to do this, I think that you need to go back to understanding what are your values. So for me, maybe the step one for an Enneagram type six is to go back and figure out what in my life do I really value? Because so many of us are just working outside our values and it makes life difficult. It makes it hard and hard to stick with. And again, guilt and shame rather than just really creating that desire. So inside the handout, I help walk you through how do I find my values? And I also have an entire podcast episode on finding those values. I'll link that up in the show notes. But really, you have to lean into your values because this is that deeply rooted thing that creates that loyalty and it makes it just who you are. And that's what we want to go back to. So that's point one is finding your values. And it might not be surprising to say that you don't value health. That is totally fine because what you do value, I guarantee health is a part of it. In fact, on values, I really don't prefer people to put health down because health was never intended to be a value. It was intended to be a means of living for other values. It is your energy source, your vessel, your life that gets life done. And so health can be a part of every single vessel. And it's what's inside of those values. That's what gives you your why. So the other part is, is really trying to create this balance of being true to who you are, which is planner, organized, researched, but also being willing to step outside of that, to let go of the research and the planning and to be spontaneous and to do fun things and try new things. That's really where we want to try and find this balance. So I'm going to have both sides of the spectrum, but really on one side to keep yourself safe, 
I think we need to start there to make you se- you feel safe and to really get out of your head in order to be willing to go and try new things. Like I don't think trying new things is necessarily the first step for a six. So how do we make yourself feel safe and secure? One is just create order and chaos. Plan your meals. Try to think about all the decisions you have to make in a day and think about what areas or what things could I plan for or delegate to so that I no longer have to make those decisions. One way is just meal planning. Like write out your meals. It doesn't have to be exact, but just knowing what you could be making on hand takes a decision off your day. And a big one that a lot of people are subject to anxiety over. Other ones could be, what are you gonna work out? You know, creating a a daily to-do list for yourself. At the start of each week, just sit down and write out your days, creating order and chaos. In your homes, making sure everything has a place, organization is big for a six, like making sure that there is order and chaos wherever that looks like. Other good things is to create calmness or stillness in your life. As a six, you're more aware of what's going on, which means there's constant information coming in. And then you have to sort through that and create decisions based on that and all the things that can really exhaust your mind. And so I want you to create space for your mind every day, for your mind to just relax, to just be, to take a rest. And in the handout, I ask you to make a calm list. And in that calm list, it's just things that calm you down, whether it's a hot bath, whether it's journaling or praying, lighting a candle, sitting down just to sit down. It could be exercising by yourself. There are lots of ways that could calm you down. It could be talking to a friend, going to grab a coffee, taking your dog on a walk, anything and everything, little to big, that really you enjoy and that helps get you out of the head and out of the pressures of life and back into your reality. So create a calm list. So those things are really going to help create balance in your life. Like I said, some practical things would be journaling to create awareness, connecting with people you love, working out first thing in the morning, planning your day, planning your life, cleaning up your home environment, your work environment, taking a bath, basically any quote unquote self-care practices that most people would consider. Those can be all great ways to create space. And once you have a safe environment, then I think it's important not to just stay there because growth isn't found in comfort. Growth is found in discomfort. But in order to push us past that, in order to persevere and to move past that and create the courage and bravery, I think that we have to be willing to push ourselves outside of our norm, outside of our comfort zone, and try something new. Not research new, not plan new, but just find something new and commit to just trying it without having to have all the knowledge behind it. And what this is going to do is going to help you learn to trust yourself more. It's going to help you open up and recognize that life is not as unsafe as we perceive it to be. And there's a lot of good in the world. So try something new, whether it's something as simple as a new recipe or it's going to a new place or a new dinner recipe. It's taking a little road trip. Maybe you try a new outfit. Maybe you try a new hobby. Like break free of your normal routine and try something new. Not to say that you have to get rid of that. You're gonna have your normal routine and your normal rhythms because that's gonna keep you grounded. But you also have to break free of that to grow, to Um, learn and to develop. And really, ultimately, the goal of this is to learn to trust yourself, to trust that you are one of the most intuitive, self-aware humans on the planet. And it's using that in the right way that can help you succeed 
far beyond what you ever dreamed possible and to do it without making it a part of your life, like without destroying your life. It is your life. It's just who you are, not just what you do. So to trust your intuition. So try one new thing a week. That's it. Like just pick one thing, whether it's a recipe or a new restaurant to try, one new thing a week. And Use connection involved in this because you're a very people people. Connect in some way with that and have some fun. It could be sitting down to just read to read, like not to read because you need to gather more information or knowledge or research, but just sitting down for fun. Try engaging with a personal project. What's a hobby or a passion that you have and how can you work towards that? You could try a new group workout class Um, There's some accountability there. Again, some connection. Those are all really, really great things for an Enneagram type. Six. And the last one I want to give you is I think it's important to do daily self-check-ins to understand, okay, what is stressing me out today? Because anxiety can come from this undefined stress in life. Like we don't really know what it is, but it can spiral out of control. So I think in doing daily check-ins with yourself, what you're asking is, What are my stressors? What is throwing me off today? And how could I handle this or manage it or deal with it so that no longer has to grasp or destroy my life? So just doing daily check-ins every morning, maybe it's when you're journaling and praying, like ask yourself, how are you? And what is my biggest stress today? And then make a list and plan for how could I overcome that today? Sometimes it's just going to be giving it away, giving it to God. Other times it's literally just knocking things off your to-do list to take away that external stress. And a few other things that you could be doing just health-wise, because you tend to be a little bit more anxious and worrisome, stimulants are something that head triads like to use and drugs to mask that head, like to get out of their head. But this is only causing the anxiety to be worse. And so for an Enneagram type six, I think it's important to drop the stimulants. Maybe don't rely so heavily on coffee. (laughs) Everyone's hating this now. Please don't turn this episode off yet. But what you don't need is you don't need to rev up your mind more than it already is. And that's with any of the head triads. That's with a five, six, and seven. So those are really going to escalate your fears to another level. So maybe try and decaf coffee or decaf tea try doing like a sober month or um, keeping your weeknights free of alcohol. Anytime you stimulate your mind with caffeine or alcohol or other drugs, it really is just pushing you further down. It might be numbing it for a moment, but it's just momentarily. It's not long-term. Long-term, what it's doing is it's actually escalating your mind. So just be aware of that and, and understand that probably for you, stimulants are more reactive They might feel good in the moment, but long-term, they actually are causing you to escalate quicker and be in your head more. So be aware of that. And then just a couple of other things is um, recognize the good. And Heidi's going to talk a lot about this in the next episode, but just gratitude. Just recognizing that there is good in the world is so positive for an Enneagram type six who's someone who naturally sees the negative a little bit more than the positive because of the way that you were wired for survival. But starting a gratitude list and really starting to believe and see the good that's in your life and recognizing that can help you feel more safe and secure and trust yourself more to trust that life isn't out to get you. It's not as scary as it seems and that you are here purposed for a reason. So take the compliment, practice gratitude, give a compliment, like be present, be here. And I think all of this can help you do that. 
So all of that to say, Enneagram type six, you are loyal, deep-rooted people. We just need to channel that in the right direction. And I think the best way is to know that showing up matters. Like that is one of the highest forms of bravery for an Enneagram type six or anyone is just showing up, understanding your values and knowing that health is not just something you have to do. It's not another stress. It's not another decision that you have to make. But really, once you attach health to your values, then you'll start to grasp a bigger why and you stop living for health and you just make health who you are. It's just a part of your natural everyday rhythms of life, of treating your body well so that you can go out and do more things. So that's my encouragement for you, Enneagram Type 6s. I hope I did it justice. I mean, half the world makes up Enneagram Type 6s. You are clearly valued and needed here on earth and we couldn't do this life without you. So I hope that you learn something from that. I hope that you take time to evaluate your life, to understand what are the things that are stressing you out? What things can you let go of in your life? And also, what are your strengths and your gifts? Because the world needs more of that. So let me know, what did you think about this? How did you relate to it? And what areas of life are you gonna make this really practical? I want you to break down those tips that I gave you and to put it into actionable steps that you can use on a daily basis. So let me know how you like it. Also, don't forget to grab that handout that can be found at simperitswellness.com backslash 191. Yes, this is episode number 191. So make sure you check that out in the show notes, download it. It'll help you find your values. It'll give you some more tips and pointers to work through. And also, don't forget to listen to all the other Enneagram types. Because one thing that I've learned is it is so good to know how other people work, how other humans function, whether your coworkers, your family members, your kids, you can start to pick up on these things and understand why they have these thought patterns and how you can encourage them. Okay, this series is so much fun. Don't forget to come back later this week where I have that interview that will drop with an Enneagram type six, super wise, full of knowledge. I've already recorded it, so I know you're gonna wanna check that out. Don't forget to grab that guide at thelivingwell.com to learn more about your type and 10 plus free pages of information that will transform your health without changing what you eat. It takes the fear out of health, I promise you that, and it makes it practical. So again, head on over to thelivingwell.com to get that, and don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. Let them know more about your type and how they can better help you and how you can help other people around you. Okay, that's it. I will see you back here in the next episode with a special interview.